Girlfriends, episode number 110, Seven Ways to Make More Time. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm sharing some practical ways to make more time for what matters in your day. You know you need this. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? How's your Lent going? Is it still Lent? Oh, it's still Lent. We've only gone about a week and a half. (laughs) Are you doing okay? I hope you're surviving Lent yesterday here. Okay, so this is Monday that I'm recording this. I'm actually getting out here in my car in the middle of the day. It's 43 degrees out. I'm watching snow just melt and pour off the roof of the Tiki Hut. So it's a very springy feel out here today, even though we got a ton of snow yesterday. That was feeling very Lenten yesterday. So yesterday, Sunday, we had these awesome, fun plans. My parents were going to come, and my dad was going to help Dan at um, his escape room business for part of the afternoon. Then we were all going to be together, and my son Eamon was going to come home from college for the day, and we were going to work together and then have dinner together. I was going to make lemon meringue pie. I had this amazing plan. Got up to snow and snow and more snow. And in the southern part of the state where my parents are, it was freezing rain, sort of a mix between rain and snow, a beautiful gift of February in our state this time of year. So all of our plans got canceled, which stunk. I really, I was really disappointed. And I guess because I'd really been looking forward to the day, especially after being away for the past couple of weekends, it felt really nice to focus on some family activities and to work on like making a plan for our dinner together. And it was really disappointing. And then on top of that, I just found myself trapped in the house yesterday because our plans got canceled. I didn't have anything in particular to do. And because of the bad weather, I was stuck indoors and I felt like I was going insane. (laughs) And if you live in the Northeast or actually anywhere that you have a winter, you know what I'm talking about. You just get a little stir crazy this time of year. I remember when we first got a dog, I was astonished at the way that he experienced cabin fever because I'd never had a dog before. But he would ask to go out and ask to come in and ask to go out and ask to come in like he didn't know what to do with himself. And now we have two dogs and they both do the same thing this time of year. They are really suffering and I am feeling it. I was feeling just like one of those dogs yesterday. Like, do I want to go out? Do I want to go in? What do I want to do? And you know what? Many other times I would see a free day suddenly opened up like that as a gift because I have so many things I like to do, want to do, don't have enough time to do. And yet I felt like enough had enough snow days. I've had enough this cozy, cozy. I'm tired of it. No more. So by the late afternoon, when Dan suggested we go out to the grocery store, I was all for it. And some of the kids came with us. It was like a breath of fresh air just getting out to buy a few things. And I did make the lemon meringue pies. And we did watch a movie with the kids. We watched Coco finally watched the new Pixar, which I really enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. It's really a good family-friendly movie. If your kids aren't sensitive about, like, skeletons and death, because it's all that, like, 
It's not gory or morbid or anything, but that's really the theme. Like, there's a land of the living and a land of the dead, and in the dead, it's people who are dead. So if you have a child who's sensitive about that, we don't happen to have anyone like that, so we really enjoyed the movie. But that's the only warning I would put on it, and uh, we really liked it, and I, I liked the theme of it, which was all about family. So that part was good. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Because we had horrible cabin fever yesterday, and I'm dying, and come rescue me, okay? Not too much longer. <laughs> It's February. I remember so distinctly February break, winter break, when I was a kid in high school. And that's when I would begin my spring training for spring track season. And I'm looking out my window now thinking there's no way my kids could begin doing that. It's too snowy. But in a heartbeat, it can go away. One of these nice warm days, a few of these nice warm days, it'll all go away. I'm trying to remind myself of that. But it's it's always so hard this time of year. We did um, my uh, Catholic mom hangout this past week, we talked about the winter blahs and the winter blues, which we've talked about on the podcast here before. But many people, even in areas of the country where they don't get a harsh winter, just feel it this time of year. We're done. We're ready for springtime. We're ready for a change of pace. So anyway, that's how I've been feeling. I hope you haven't been feeling quite so cooped up. But um, I'm trying to make the most of it. And, um, you know, putting some projects together. We're going to paint some walls in the house. And next time I'm trapped in the house, I'm, I'm going to have a list <laughs> of stuff that I can do, that I can turn toward, that um, will occupy me. But yeah, I think I drove Dan, especially. My kids probably didn't notice too much, but I was complaining a lot to Dan yesterday <laughs> about being stuck in the house. And he was very good about it. He's very patient with me. Anyway, on to this week's topic. I want us to talk about ways to make more time. Okay. So I was inspired to do this because I heard from a number of you after my podcast about owning your day, which was just three or four episodes about, uh, I think, ago. And I'll link to it in the show notes. If you haven't heard that one, you can go back and listen, in which I talked in a very general way about, um, you know, setting up your day in accordance with what your priorities are, how you're spending your time. And um, I heard from a few people who wanted me to be more specific, who, who enjoyed that, but wanted me to be more specific. And one of them was Emily, who emailed me. Emily said, I really enjoyed your recent podcast about owning your day. I needed that pep talk about how I can be in charge of how I spend my time. But now I want to ask you for some nitty gritty. Do you have tips or ideas you can share for how I can get motivated and really make the best use of my time each day? Does it just come down to willpower? I'm a stay-at-home mom to three young kids, and while I'm busy most of each day, if I'm being honest, I think I waste a lot of my time just putting things off and avoiding the work that I dislike. Help, I want to be better, Emily. Well, good for you, first of all, Emily, for um, having that kind of self-reflection and self-knowledge and wanting to improve. I think that's a very positive first step. And you know what? If we're honest, all of us struggle with this. Nobody likes to do things they don't like to do, right? That's why we call them things we don't like to do. So we do have, it's human. It's a natural tendency to put things off, to look to do other easier things, perhaps. Even if, you know, as we talked about in that recent podcast about owning your day, even if you can recognize, like, here are my priorities, sometimes we're making choices that work in direct contradiction to what we're saying our priorities are. So in that episode, I really wanted you to examine what your priorities are and to begin to put together a plan to make your day, the way you're spending your time, line up with those. But it does require some some self-knowledge and some hard honesty sometimes, you know? I was sharing with you that I'm part of a prayer group, uh, a scripture study in a local parish for Lent. And um, last week, there was a guy who was sharing about how he's having trouble 
um, doing the daily readings. And, you know, part of it is you're supposed to be doing the daily readings and having daily prayer time, reflecting on them. Some of the women were sharing about how they've gone about doing that. They set aside time in their day. One of them replaced it with a TV show she usually watched that she's giving up for Lent. And so she has that time open now. Good ideas. And it was all very positive. But this one guy was like, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I haven't done it. I, If I'm being honest, I know I'm not going to do it. And, you know, people tried to encourage him a little bit and say, you know, well, then find a time. You know, that's how these people made it work. They found a time that worked for them. They committed to it. They made sure they didn't have distractions during that time, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he just kept rejecting every single thing we offered him in by way of encouragement. And by the end of it, I didn't. But I just want to say, dude, just be honest. It, you don't you don't actually want this, right? But don't we all find ourselves in that place sometimes saying that we want certain things, but then not willing to do the work to make it happen, not willing to make the sacrifice in the moment, in the moment we want to choose the other thing. So um, I think we all do struggle with this to some extent. So I want to talk a little bit about how we can set ourselves up for more success with actually following through. I, I think, Emily, you are onto something there saying, does it just come down to willpower? Um, but it's not so much just that. I mean, yeah, if you're going to simplify things like either you want to do it or you don't, either you're going to do it or you're not, either you want to do it enough to actually do it or you don't. But it's sometimes not that simple. And sometimes we allow ourselves to get sidetracked or distracted in ways that we're not um, noticing. Um, we fall into bad habits or we waste our time before we've even thoroughly thought it through. So you can set yourself up in um, t in order to achieve greater success, have a greater chance of succeeding in making your days more efficient, doing actually doing the things that you want to be spending your time doing. So I'm going to share seven different ideas that I just wrote down a few notes here about what works for me. And um, that doesn't mean I do this perfectly, but I, I know these things work. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is start the night before. Begin the night before your day that you want to have be efficient. And ideally, this would be every day, right? Plan your day ahead of time. And that doesn't mean you have to be one of these people who has every moment of your day scheduled out on paper or digitally or otherwise before you go to bed at night. If you are that kind of person, good, go with it, do that. But I just mean like there are little things that get us sidetracked. Like think ahead about your day. Like, oh, am I going to have that doctor's appointment? Am I going to need cash for a toll or parking? Um, do I need to look up the schedule for, um, you know, the story hour that I want to bring my toddler to? Or, you know, all those little things that get us sidetracked in the moment. Think about them the night before and set yourself up for success inside of what you want to be spending your time doing. So look ahead, see what is on your schedule, what you want to have be on your schedule. Maybe you want to have a workout on your schedule. Well, plan which workout you're going to do. Have it ready to go or, you know, schedule out the time that you're going to go to the gym and have your workout clothes clean and ready for you to wear. You know, all these little things that sidetrack us or that will, you know, sometimes distract us to the point where we never actually get to the thing that we want to do. Um, you know, maybe you want to go shopping or maybe you want to um, hit a sale at a, at a local store or something. Do all of that research and planning and put it in place the night before. Even if you just spend a little time thinking about what you're going to do the next day, I find that this can be really helpful toward 
putting you in the right frame of mind and getting up with goals in your mind the next day. If you know there are two or three things that you absolutely want to accomplish, whether they're happening inside of your house without you going out, or they're happening outside of your house, or they're happening in your workplace, or whatever it is, um, have that plan the night before. It starts the night before. It actually helps you, I find, to not feel overwhelmed. I've shared with you before about how the night before, any work day especially, but actually any day, I'll go through um, and just email myself a list, a to-do list. Um, and, and I mean, I'm going to, I email myself multiple emails <laughs> and, and the subject line is whatever item I need to do. Um, and I find that that can be a really helpful way for me to kind of work through my work day, especially, but other days too, even weekend days, I'll, I'll put a list of things there. So doing that the night before at least puts me in the right frame of mind. I know what kind of day I'm heading into and how I need to prepare for it, what time I need to be up and, um, what, you know, what clothes I need ready or, um, what things I need ready for the kids and whatnot. So, um, think about it the night before. That's my first step toward planning your success in managing your time each day. All right, number two, this one starts first thing the next morning. Banish the snooze button. Do not snooze your alarm or your phone or whatever you use to wake you up in the morning. Get started. Get out of bed. I think it was Marie Belay. Is that how she says her name? Bellet. Belay. B-E-L-L-E-T. I guess I'm not positive how she says her name. Anyway, she's a Catholic singer-songwriter. Um, she's been out for many years. I think she's even a little bit ahead of me with regard to her family life. But anyway, she just talked about that um, in one of her songs, that one heroic moment, it was she was actually referencing her husband getting up early to go out to work. And that heroic moment when you get out of bed, get your rear end out of bed. It's not going to feel great no matter when you do it. And you're not actually getting good sleep. We've talked about this before here. If you're hitting that snooze button and you're just counting down your eight precious minutes before you have to hit it again or get out of bed, you're going to get up eventually. It's not going to feel great in those first few moments, but you do get there. And I remember back when I was in high school and I would get up, like there were nine of us kids and there was one bathroom. Okay. So you had to be scheduled for your time in the bathroom in the morning. If you wanted to shower before you went to school, you had to be up at a certain time. And anyway, it turned out through all of that, that I was getting up like ridiculously early. I think it was like five in the morning. Anyway, I found that really hard to do, especially if you're up doing work the night before. And many of us are, and many of us are up with kids the night before. I get it. I get all of that, but it's not going to make you feel better. It honestly isn't. Um, so but back then in high school, I used to, I, and I still do this today, um, tell myself as I'm getting out of bed in the morning, you know, you're going to feel fine. Like five minutes, just get through these five minutes. You're going to be fine. It feels painful to get out of bed right now. And you so want to go back to sleep, but give yourself five minutes. And I find that's really helpful. It's kind of a positive way of like, kind of setting boundaries on your pain. And it really is true. You know, if you've been up for five minutes and get yourself into the shower, brush your teeth, whatever you do in the morning, that you're starting to wake up and you feel okay. Even if you're still groggy, even if you're still tired, and even if you haven't had the first cup of coffee yet, you know, that you're, you're going to feel fine. You're going to be okay. You know, there are much worse things people suffer through. So give yourself that little pep talk, even give it to yourself the night before if you need to. Um, and then remind yourself of it in the morning when you're tempted to hit snooze because nothing good is being accomplished by that except you're starting out your day with a failure. Okay, maybe that's harsh. No, it's a failure. You're not getting up at the time that you said you were going to get up. You're not getting up at the time that you wanted to get up. You know, if... If you absolutely have to do that, I recommend setting multiple alarms instead of hitting snooze. There's just something psychologically 
just damaging about hitting that snooze button. Like, say you really want to be up at 6.30, then you could set an alarm for 6.15, one for 6.20, and one for 6.30, or, you know, whatever you think might help you, as long as that last alarm is your alarm and you're getting out of bed, not hitting snooze. I think psychologically, it's just a defeat. First thing in the morning, you're already giving over your time. You're already reneging on one thing you were said you were going to do, and that doesn't feel good. That's not empowering. That's not positive. That's not efficient with your time. And um, that me saying the word efficient just reminded me of a caveat that I want to give to this whole thing. I'm not all about productivity and you have to produce, produce, produce and spend every moment doing something productive, right? But I think it's important and it's good for ourselves, for our own physical, emotional, spiritual well-being that we have goals in our lives and things that we want to accomplish, good things that we want to do, work that we want to do, and that we're disciplined toward meeting those goals. And that doesn't mean every single moment is accounted for in, you know, some crazy, super organized way or, um, you know, something that's ultimately going to be very painful to somebody like me who tends to be less scheduled anyway. But I am talking about an efficiency with regard to what your goals are. And, and you get to decide what those are. I'm not telling you what they are. You get to decide what your goals are. And then these are concrete nitty gritty that Emily asked for, ways that you can go about making those goals a reality, making how you spend your day actually line up with how you say you want to be spending your day. All right, so that's number two. Get rid of the snooze button. Do not use the snooze no using snoozing, okay? So start the night before, banish the snooze button, okay? Number three, we talked about this already a little bit with our planning the night before, but you can do this in the morning. Make a list. Make a list. It doesn't have to be super detailed, but I find this is actually very freeing because a lot of times what's wearing us out in our heads is that we, we're carrying our list, trying to carry our to-do list in our brains, and we're worried we're going to forget something. So we're constantly repeating it to ourselves, right? We're constantly running through our to-dos. So it can be very freeing to just write it out. And you know, everything that you need to do, want to do is there on that list. And then how, what kind of list you make is up to you. You might make a list that's just two things, the two most important things that you want to get done in any given day. Maybe it's take the kids to the library and do the grocery shopping. Maybe it's two, um, you know, involved work projects that you want to do. Maybe it's making some phone calls you're dreading. Whatever it is, make your list. And you can have a list that's got 200 things on it. But even if it does, I recommend pulling out one or two things and, um, you know, that are most important. Because in my to-do list that I do, I told you already, I do my emailing to myself the night before, which is kind of working as a to-do list the next day. But more and more, I've been working from a handwritten list that I write out in the morning. And it feels so good to cross things off of there. I'll even put things on there that are kind of like, I know they're going to happen. Like say I have a, a phone call for work at 9.30am. I'll write that on there. It's happening whether I write it down or not. But I can see it's like a tangible accomplishment. After I've had that call, I can cross it off my list. Um, so things like that can, you know, just play those games with yourself if you want to. I really recommend it. But having that physical list I find is really helpful in actually writing out what what two things you want to get done in any one day. Maybe one one thing that you want to get done, one most important thing. But I find it's helpful to have that kind of self-awareness going into your day. Okay, moving on to number four. This one's a big one. Break up with the internet. Ooh, painful, right? I don't mean never go online again, but be aware of the ways in which you are going online, whether it's at work, 
on your computer, the ways in which you're cruising the internet or checking out Facebook or whatever on the side, or if you're at home and there's work you want to be doing at home and you're getting sidetracked by sending an email or um, cruising Instagram and, you know, we have all been down this rabbit hole. We know one thing leads to another, right? So I find it's really helpful to set up regular times of your day where you are not online. Now, if you're in a traditional work environment or if you're working a professional job from home, yeah, sometimes you've got to be on email, right? It's important. But you can be offline with whatever work you're doing, whether, you know, you're working on a piece of writing or planning a schedule or whatever it is, you can be offline and then just check it back in with email on a regular basis if that's actually required of you. I think sometimes we think it's more required than it is. Um, for me, on most weekdays, work workday weekdays, I try to have at least two good chunks of time where I am working offline. That might be working on a piece of writing. It might be making phone calls. But you know what? Um, I was falling into a habit of a lot of times taking phone calls and being online while I'm on these phone calls. So I'm like reading other people's emails while I'm talking to somebody. Really bad plan. Really not efficient. It feels like maybe it's efficient because you're getting so much done. But no. And you know what? I've been on the receiving end of this before where I'm on a call with somebody and I forget I, either I received an email or was copied on an email that they sent to somebody else or and after you know so after I hung up I saw oh my gosh they were sending these emails while we were talking that that doesn't feel good <laughs> be more respectful of people than that um but you know make sure that you have times in your day like break up we talked about breaking up with your phone right having set times of the day whether it's like a a curfew at the end of the day where you're putting your phone away for the day. Um, but maybe it's going to be, you know, like you're not going to, if you're a mom at home, this might work and you're tempted to be on your phone all the time and you feel guilty and distracted by it and it makes you um, waste your time in ways that you don't want to or don't mean to, don't intend to, then have times in your day that are, you know, your phone times. I know some people are doing this for Lent. I've seen it on Instagram. Um, there are all different apps that will track your phone use time. Um, some people will say like, okay, so for Lent, I'm only going to be on my phone for an hour total in a day. You'll be surprised how long an hour, I mean, how quickly that goes by, how quickly you waste it. But you'd also be surprised at how efficient you are with what you're doing online and how much less likely you are to let yourself kind of go tumbling down that rabbit hole if you're trying to conserve your time and keep it inside of a set limit for the day. So, you know, just be aware of your internet habits because the internet is that great vortex and it will suck you in and waste all the time that you have to give it if you allow it to. And I'm as distracted as anybody online. You know, you'll see this one link and then click over here and oh yeah, that one thing I was going to look up and next thing you know, an hour has gone by. We all do this. So having this kind of discipline, whether it's setting aside times where you are absolutely internet free or it's setting aside times where this is my time where I'm on the internet. Um, just being more aware of how you're, you're spending that time, I think is vitally important to being intentional and, you know, specifically efficient with how you're spending your day and making sure those important things are getting done, that you're actually doing it. It's not just about willpower. It's also setting yourself up for a greater chance of success because if it all comes down to willpower, we're all lost, right? <laughs> There's no way. We all run out of willpower at some point, you know? Um, but we're more likely to succeed if we set ourselves up in a, in a way that's avoiding distractions, avoiding those kinds of things that are going to tempt us away from what we want our goals to be, what we say they are.
All right. The next idea that I want to share with you for making more time in your day is stop waiting for the perfect time and use what you have. This is huge because this is a great, at least it was for me early on, especially after I got married. Early on for me, it was a big obstacle, this idea like I'd have this goal, this big thing I want to do. And rather than using what time I had, I would wait for these great expanses of time to open up, you know. Um, my example that I use personally is with my writing, you know, you can go a whole lifetime saying, oh, I wish I could find time to write. I'd love to write. I wish I could write. And you can, you can spend your whole life doing that, never get to it. And yet, if you just use the time that you have, admit that you have these pockets of time. First of all, notice how you're spending your time. Notice how you spend that, you know, lull of 10 minutes waiting for somebody or, um, you know, whatever it is around your house during the day or waiting to pick up the kids or whatever. Notice that you have those lulls of time. And what are you doing with them? Are you playing Candy Crush? Like, what are you doing? So, you know, look for that. Look for the times that you have. And then it's not going to be perfect. Make your peace with the fact that it's not going to be the perfect space of time in which to do it. And then just do it. Begin. Get started. And yet you might get interrupted and it's not going to be, you know, ideal perhaps. But use that time. I think I shared with you the example of me wanting to do more spiritual reading and feeling like I just don't have the time to do it. But as soon as I admitted that at night, I would get ready for bed. Usually, typically, I get ready for bed before Dan does. And he spends a while getting ready and doing a few things before he comes to bed. And I'm not turning the light out yet. I was spending that time probably on Instagram or, you know, whatever, scrolling through emails or looking at Facebook or reading the news or, you know, when I have a stack of the books that I say I want to be reading sitting right next to me. Yeah, I'm not going to have an hour, but I'm going to have a few minutes where I can read and have a thought that might even stick with me the next day or I can bring to my next prayer time. Um, you know, make use of that time that you have and be honest about the time that you have. Stop waiting for that perfect time. I think reading is such a great example because there's nothing like if you're reading a book that you're really into. Um, fiction, of course, can be very addicting like this. But if you, if you say, oh, I don't have time to read, I don't have time to read. Well, start reading a book that captures your attention and you can't wait to read more of it. You're all of a sudden going to notice all these little spots in your day where you can do a little bit of reading. You're all, all of a sudden going to notice that you can bring the book along in your bag and you can read at the dentist's office or standing in line somewhere rather than be scrolling through your phone. You're going to have all these little opportunities. And I discovered this recently because I'm not reading... Um, I'm not actually reading. I don't know. When you listen to an audiobook, are you allowed to call it reading? I kind of think it's like listening to. It's a different experience. Anyway, I've been listening to All the Light We Cannot See, that novel that I've been hearing so much about, um, set in World War II. Um, it's a great book. I'm not done with it, but I, I already do heartily recommend it. I think it's um, a really great book. Uh, we should have a book club and talk about it. <laughs> Maybe there is one. I should look. Let me know <laughs> if you've read the book. Anyway, um, I started listening on the, uh, a plane ride a couple of weeks ago I, because I was going to have this expansive time on the plane. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm all caught up on my podcast. What am I going to listen to? So I downloaded that book. And I got so into that book and I still have been doing it since I've been back, like a little bit in the car, a little bit during a workout, a little bit while I, you know, empty the dishwasher. 
all of a sudden I'm finding all these moments where I can listen to this book just because I'm really into it. So um, be honest with yourself. And, you know, if you want to try a little experiment like that, pick up a book that you're going to be really into and find out where all the little spots are in your day where you actually have time. Pay attention to it. And then use that time that you have instead of waiting for that perfect time. This That's such a great example of the perfect being the enemy of the good because it paralyzes you with regard to what your goals are, with regard to how you want to be spending your time. If you think, I can't spend a little bit of my time on this project, I have to wait until I can do the entire thing perfectly. I have enough time and energy to do that. Well, that's setting yourself up for complete and total failure because that perfect time is never going to come. It's never going to happen. And I remember making my peace with that years ago when I decided that working on my writing was important to me. Was I going to wait to have like four hours where nobody interrupted me? The magic four hours that was never going to come. Or was I going to write down a little bit here and there inside of 20 minutes that I have or, you know, magical 40 minutes while the baby naps or whatever it is? Was I going to make use of the time that I had or was I going to sit around waiting for some time that would never come? Be honest with yourself about what you're doing to yourself psychologically with regard to what your goals are, what projects you want to be accomplishing. Okay, number six. This one is be firm in your plan. Now, I think we all do this. You make your list. You say, these are my goals. And then we start to negotiate. Sometimes we negotiate with interruptions that we get, opportunities that present themselves, temptations that pull us away from what we ought to be doing, right? Um, And then sometimes we get interrupted by our very own selves. We start making these negotiations start cutting these deals with ourselves. Oh, I'll have time for that tomorrow. I'll just add it to my list tomorrow. Well, if you put it down as the important thing you wanted to accomplish today, if you're saying it's important to you, why are you letting this, you know, little distraction or pleasure of the moment pull you away from it? Be honest about what kind of deals you're making and how in the end, they're not good deals for you. You're making these deals with yourself and they're not good deals for you. I think of that phrase um, when people are dieting. I've heard this phrase before that, what is it? Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, right? And, you know, I don't like the word skinny in that, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) I don't want to be causing anybody to have eating disorders by chanting that phrase to themselves. But, you know, the idea of it is a good one, right? Like you're, you're tempted by a food in the moment and yet remind yourself what your greater goal is. Nothing tastes as good as it's going to feel to be accomplished in your goal, right? So that distraction of the moment, whether it's Facebook or a chatting conversation or, um, you know, a television show or whatever, that's pulling you away in the moment, whatever it is that you're tempted to give into, remind yourself in that, that little fleeting moment of pleasure or whatever it might bring you in that distracting moment, it's not going to feel as good as what you're accomplishing, accomplishing your goal, what you've already said, what you've already figured out and committed to as being important to you. So, you know, use those little things, though, those little things that you find distracting you or tempting you away, use them to motivate yourself. I do this all the time. I'll tell myself, you know, once this number of things are crossed off my list, or once this major thing that I'm dreading, you know, is crossed off my list. And sometimes it's not a major thing that I'm dreading. It's something I'm just putting off and I can't even articulate why I'm not able to bring myself to do it. Um, 
you know, once it's crossed off your list, then tell yourself, then I can spend, you know, those few moments doing that thing that's tempting me away right now. So when you find yourself tempted in that moment, remind yourself of what your your long-term goal is and that nothing in that moment's going to, to feel good enough to, to make up for compromising that more important goal. But then, you know, use that as an opportunity to set a little reward for yourself, set a motivation for yourself. We're simple creatures. We work this way. We work with punishments and rewards. So set up some rewards for yourself. Tell yourself, okay, I want to do this thing instead of working on what I know I I should be doing right now, what thing I know I should be accomplishing. And, you know, talking about goals and stuff, it sounds so lofty. and, And maybe you think I'm talking about something that doesn't apply to you. Your goal can be folding the laundry and putting it away, you know? This is something that's important to you and that you want to be getting done on a regular basis and you absolutely want to get it done today and it's on your list as one of the most important things. Well, then don't let yourself get pulled into Netflix and avoid doing it later in the day when you have an opportunity to begin working on it. So it doesn't have to be some lofty, fancy goal. I, I'm, a, I'm a little afraid that the language talking about goals and accomplishments will make you think I'm talking. And of course, it applies to those big things, too. But I, I don't mean to exclude those small things because sometimes those small things are everything. They're what make us actually feel like we're, we're being productive and we're, we're working on the things that are important to us and to our families in the day. So be firm in your plan, once you've made that effort and written your list and wrote, written down what is important to you for that day, the one or two things you want to focus on, be firm in it and don't let yourself get pulled away. But use those distractions as an opportunity to set up a reward for yourself, to motivate yourself toward making those sacrifices in the moment. It, and here's one thing that also helps me is I know from my own experience that the more you just do it, the more you make that commitment, the more you follow through on what you say your goals are and what you want to be doing. First of all, it feels great. It feels great in the moment to know that you're doing it, okay, even as much as you might not enjoy the work or the actual nitty gritty of it. But and then it feels great at the end of the day to say, hey, I said these things were important to me today and I did them. It feels great. Compare that to how you feel at the end of the day where you say, oh, Here's this list of things I say are important. Here's how I actually spent the time that I had available to focus on them. And you feel like garbage about yourself because you've made bad choices, right? Feels terrible. It's so defeating. Starting from that first snooze button in the morning to the end of the day where you're assessing and feeling like you're a victim of your day. Don't allow that to happen. Be firm in your plan. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit and the less painful it is to kind of make yourself do that hard thing, whatever it is, whatever it is that you think is hard. Some people, and I used to be one of these people, so I can attest to the fact that it gets easier. Some people really hate making phone calls. I I have a few friends and actually one of my children who would rather die than ever have to make a phone call. And you know what? We all have to make phone calls sometimes. Sometimes it's just making like the kids physical appointments or, you know, calling the school about whatever. Um, You know, but so it might be something like that, that actually isn't something that takes a ton of time. But the more you make yourself do it, the more it can become a habit and the less daunting it feels when you're putting it on your list for the day. So be firm in what your plan is. Okay. And the last note I want to make about ways that you can make more time. And side note, before I get to it, I purposely chose those words, make more time, not find more time, right? Because I think we're all kind of waiting to find more time. Oops, I just tripped over a spare 60 minutes in my day. Here it is. Um, You're not going to find time. 
We need to make time. We need to be intentional about it. We need to do these things on purpose. We need to be honest with ourselves about what our goals are, honest with ourselves about how we're spending our time, and then make that conscious decision to make the time for what we say matters. Make those things line up. And these are some concrete ways to do it. So finally, distractions. I want to talk about distractions. Take control of your interrupting thoughts. Now, this can happen Say you're being very efficient and you're, um, I did this today, registering your son for spring baseball online. And this thought comes to you, oh, uh, I also need to order uh, dog food on Amazon, <laughs> whatever it is that you've got to do. And you click over and you do it because you're online and it's super convenient. And then that leads to another thing. And that leads to another thing. It's fine that in that moment you remembered you needed to order dog food. Don't let it interrupt you. Don't get in the habit of following your interruptions, uh, unless it's your toddler and he's just run through the room naked or, you know, whatever, <laughs> then you do follow your interruptions. But I'm talking about your own interruptions, right? You're interrupting thoughts. Sometimes it's just thought, a reminder of something you need to do and you want to do it immediately because otherwise you might forget, right? Make the habit instead of writing them down. Just write them down. Make a note on your phone if you're that kind of person and not a pen and paper kind of person, but write it down. That way it's not going to be the boss of you. You're not going to forget it, but you're also not going to allow it to interrupt what you're working on, what, what it is that you're accomplishing, that you want to be accomplishing and that you've devoted this time to. And maybe it's just this awesome idea, right? Sometimes it's just a great idea you have and it's interrupting your work because um, you know, it's creative people, they can't control when these great ideas come to them and you're worried you're going to forget about it if you don't pursue it immediately or whatever. Write it down. Just get in the habit of recognizing interrupting thoughts, especially if it's coming from you rather than from other people. I'm all about paying attention to the little interruptions in your life. If you've got kids, um, they're actually not interruptions. They're your work, right? Um, easy to forget that. Um, but these interrupting thoughts that you might have, other ideas, things that you want to do, um, when you're in the middle of something important, don't allow it to interrupt you. Go ahead and acknowledge it and write it down and you will get to it. You will have time later to decide if that's a priority and to put it on your schedule for another time. So don't allow yourself to interrupt yourself and kind of become your own enemy in that way. All right. So Emily, I hope all of this is helpful. And others of you who reached out to me, I hope these thoughts are a little more helpful in kind of outlining the nitty gritty of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about owning your day. Yes, that general principle applies where you do get to decide how you're spending your time. But these are just some ways that I think can set you up for a greater chance of success in spending your day the way that you want to and limiting distractions, limiting that procrastination, limiting that feeling at the end of your day where you just feel defeated and like you didn't accomplish anything of what you wanted to. And all of this, you know, in all of this, I'm recognizing we're all going to have days that get derailed. And that just happens. You know, I one day, actually, just last week, I had my list, my list that I keep on the kitchen counter, my handwritten list of the important things I want to accomplish in the day. And at the end of the day, it was like it was laughing at me because I didn't get to any of it. But that's because I was interrupted by something unexpected that really did require me to shift all of my attention and focus to it. We all have days like that. We all have hours like that or an afternoon that goes that way. It's okay. That's life. But, you know, don't make it a habit to be living your life in that fly by the seat of your pants way. And that doesn't mean you have to be super scheduled about it. But OK, so just to recap what we talked about, start the night before, make your plan the night before. Um, look at those details that you might want to put in place to set you up for success. Number two, don't use the snooze. Banish the snooze button. Number three, make a list. 
set up what your priorities are, highlight at least one, maybe two things that are really important to get done in that day. Number three, break up with the internet, at least at certain times of your day. Put your phone away or be offline. Interact with real human beings, okay? Uh, Number five, stop waiting for the perfect time and use what you have. Be honest about what you have available to you for time. Number six, be firm in your plan. Don't negotiate with yourself in the moment because something else sounds or feels more tempting. Don't compromise your main goals for little tiny distractions. And then finally, take control of your interrupting thoughts. Write them down. You don't. You can definitely acknowledge them, and they're probably very handy and inspirational thoughts for things you're going to pursue in the future. But don't let them derail you from what you decided today was important for today. Just write them down. I bet some of you have some great ideas for ways to make more time for what really matters in your day. And I'd love to hear from you. I'd also love to hear from you if you have more questions. I really appreciate you reaching out, Emily, with your thoughts and your question. And it led to a whole podcast episode. So um, I'm thankful for that because I really want what I'm doing here to be useful to you. So give me your feedback. You can leave me a voicemail at daniellebean.com. Just click the little tab that says leave voice feedback and you'll be able to do that easily. We can connect on Voxer. Fun app, fun, easy way to connect. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in every uh, post on daniellebean.com, every um, show notes for each episode of the Girlfriends Podcast, or good old-fashioned email, or good old-fashioned Facebook, or Twitter, you know, reach out to me. You know where to find me. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear your thoughts, your questions, your feedback from today's episode. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to Girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way to say thank you for the Girlfriends Podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production week after week. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is an easy way for you to show your appreciation and support for girlfriends. I want to give a big thank you to those who already support the Girlfriends podcast through Patreon. And if you want to find out more, go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast week after week. Ascensionpress.com is where you go. Click on channels to find all the podcasts, video content, Father Mike, Jeff Cavins, all the superstars of Catholic media that you're going to want to be checking out on a regular basis. There's a ton of free content to educate and entertain and inspire you in your Catholic faith at ascensionpress.com. Okay, before I have to go, I want to mention a few places that I'm going to be on Saturday, March 10th. I'm going to be speaking at the Rochester Catholic Women's Conference in Rochester, New York. Really looking forward to a wonderful day with the women there. The talk I'm going to be giving is blessed and beautiful, talking about our vocation to Catholic womanhood and all that that entails, really based on the teachings of John Paul II's Theology of the Body in particular, There's a lot for us to learn and share together as women. So I'm really looking forward to a beautiful day for women there in Rochester, New York, March 10th. 
I'll put a link in the show notes at daniellebean.com for you to register. If you're anywhere in the area, I'd love to meet you. I always love hearing from girlfriends, listeners in real life, making those real life connections with people who listen to the show. So I'd love it if you'd turn out. That's Saturday, March 10th in Rochester, New York. And then March 24th, again, a Saturday, I'm going to be speaking at the Catholic Women of Faith Conference in Nashville. So really looking forward to another great day there. We're still finalizing which talk I'm going to be giving there, but it's going to be speaking to the hearts of women in their ministries, in their vocations as Catholic women, Catholic wives, Catholic moms. Beautiful day for us to come together and support and encourage one another. So if you're anywhere near Nashville, I'd love it if you came out Saturday, March 24th. I'll put the link in the show notes for that registration as well. Um, So hopefully we can get together. I love meeting all of you guys in real life. It's such a great opportunity to really make girlfriends come to life when I get to meet you in person. That's such a treat for me. So again, that's Saturday, March 24th. Oh, and in between those two dates, between March 10th and March March 24th, Beginning March 14th, I'm going to be in LA. I'm going to be in Anaheim for the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress that takes place out there every year. I already heard from one of you who's in Anaheim, and she was wondering if maybe I'd be having a meetup sometime one of those evenings. And I'm totally open to doing that. I just don't know how many people are in the area that might be interested or are going to be attending the LA Religious Ed Congress who might be there for that reason, even if you don't live there. Um, If you're interested, just drop me a line. Let me know that you might be interested and um, I'll decide if it's worth putting together a meetup. But I I would love the opportunity to get to meet more of you in LA this year. So let me know, danielle at daniellebean.com. And as always, I want to be sure to thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to what I'm sharing here today. Thank you for tuning in week after week. You're listening and you're connecting with with me in this way is so meaningful and it's so encouraging to me inside of this work that I'm doing it. So thank you for that. Even if you never give me any of that voice feedback that I'm always begging for, (laughs) I appreciate just the fact that you're listening. You are a part of the Girlfriends community just because you're listening. And let's all continue to remember to hold each other in prayer, especially during these Lenten weeks, these weeks of trial as we're going through the last few weeks of winter. Let's remember to support and encourage one another, especially in our daily prayer lives. So pray for your girlfriends and know that I'll be praying for you too. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth. Find your joy. Find your joy.